It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. David Dome for the Wellington Phoenix General Manager ready to rock. And, da- and do you know what he's pulled out? Domi will appreciate this. Welcome aboard, Domi. He's pulled out his phone and showed me photos of partying with Dwight York and, and Brian Charles Lara. My yeah, Lord! That, that's, not, that's not bad, is it? <laughs> How's it going, Domi? <laughs> hey, hey, Jeff. Hey, Dan. I think the closest we got, I got was uh, we had Chris Gale at one of our after-match functions, what, just bowled into the uh, after-match and, and circulated around the crowd and, and chatted to everybody, and he was the, the nicest guy. The nicest guy. Yeah, he did like a night out. So does Dwight York, an all-time world partier, I understand, and, of course, is back at the A-League with MacArthur FC, was one of the biggest recruits at the start of the A-League uh, with Sydney FC. He led them to a title. It was a good night, was it, Grant? And, uh, it was a great night. Yeah. And um, uh, me and Dwight York were actually the last to leave. <laughs> of course uh, com- Compliments of Brian Lara's uh, driver who gave us a lift home. Oh, but, of but, course, Brian. It's Brian Charles Lara, thank Brian, you very much. Sue Brian Charles. Sue Brian Charles Lara. But, but and Brett, always Brett, has a drive. Brett Lee played for Wellington, and he said that um, when Dwight York was uh, arrived at the A League, he said the parties that they had in Sydney, he said, were unbelievable. Brilliant. So I don't know if that still is the case, David. But, uh, <laughs> not quite. Maybe, maybe. not quite. No, I, I don't think we have parties to the level of Dwight York. I think he's. I think he's settled there. I don't know actually. I, I assume he's settled <laughs> down a bit since those days. Now that he's got to be the uh, the very important position of head coach at Macarthur. I would suggest you'd have to lead by example, surely. Nothing good happens after 8pm in a managerial <laughs> role. In a managerial role, absolutely. David, is there a sense, do you feel like it's a bit of a party this season after the, the trials, the tribulations of, of the two previous years? Does it feel a little bit special that you're about to kick off a season at home? Yeah, I, I think for us, it's, it's the, the reward for the fans who, you know, for two and a half years haven't really been. We've come back, you know, once or twice a year. But for the fans to have a whole season at home, there's two things for me back home for a whole season in two and a half years. And of course, the start of the, or the very first professional women's football game in New Zealand at yes. the end of November. Those are the two things that um, I'm really looking forward to. And it's going to be, yeah, I can't wait. The game tomorrow afternoon, three o'clock, great time. Um, the pre sales are excellent. Uh, the weather looks, look like, looks like it's going to be really great. You know, it's, can't wait. It's going to be so exciting. It's been well litigated. The last couple of years, financially, broken nose. Um, and, and I think it's fair to say, if it went into season three, it could have been terminal for the, for the club. Um, but I, I, I want to talk about the, about the football. Has there been an element of what-ifs over the last couple of years? What if we'd played at home? Because you've, you've had a couple of very good sides. You just missed out on the past one year. And, and last year, of course, what? You lost by a solitary goal to the eventual champions. Yeah, it certainly is for me, Daniel. I don't think the Ufi's the, the, very good. He, does, he never looks back. He never says what if. He just cracks on and gets on to the new one. But if you look at that first season when uh, COVID rolled in, we were in third place. We ended up finishing third, which should have been a home semi. And, you know, you have 25, 30,000 
you know, screaming Wellingtonians at Sky Stadium mm. for a home semi, we were pretty hard to beat. And of course, we had to play that game away. We were on fire. We were roll, you know, we were we were tearing through. We hadn't lost in like ten games, or we had a pretty good streak anyway. You know, uh, Uli Devere was on fire. We were really owning the league. Uh, we were the form team. We were the form team going into the finals, and then of course had to play all the games in the semis away. And you get knocked out. Um, the season after that, we missed out by one point. Um, there was only a couple of goals in it. And then uh, last season, we went out to the event. Like you say, we went out to the adventure winners 1-0 in the, in the final. So, look, very close. And if those, you know, if more of our games were played at home, would you picked up more points? I think we would have. But, you know, it is what it is. You just got to put that behind you and move on now. Hey, David, I, I must say that with football, there's always a lot of talk about home and away games. And, you know, home team always has the advantage. And it must have been really tough um, losing the fans during that time. But what are you doing? I have seen a number of sort of marketing initiatives, obviously the big um, billboards by the, the airport, which have been fantastic, by the way. But the, to try and bring people back to the Phoenix and bring them closer to the team, is that a huge focus at the moment on the fans? Yeah, it's something we're really conscious of, Jeff. I mean, unfortunately, we just haven't, last couple of years, we haven't had our community program with the players operable, for obvious reasons. And one of the things we're really focused on this year is getting the players back into the clubs and the communities and all that sort of stuff. Now, mm. um, because of their, their run and their, this is for the men's team, the women's team turned up in, in a couple of weeks, or next week actually, and then they're away. But the men's team had a big preseason in Australia because of the Australia Cup and the decent run they had mm. there. So it actually took out a whole lot of days. We would normally have been out in the schools and the clubs, which is good in that we've had a very strong preseason in Australia, which we tend not to have and why we start slow. So... No excuses this time, but no, absolutely. It is very much focused on, on the Wellington community and how we can get back out there and get people following up. We're, I've been really pleased by how the season memberships have rebounded back. We lost, obviously, a lot of our season membership base because yes. we're away for two and a half years. It's coming back. It's slowly coming. We're not at the levels of a couple of years ago. It's not even close, but you know, at least some of the people, some of the fans have come back and, and supported the club. Yeah, was it hard to put sort of... an a number on what is achievable with regards to season memberships with ticket sales. It's so odd being out of uh, an environment for a couple of years. You need to get back in front of the people as you've just sort of outlined. So, you know, has it been a nightmare planning a budget for this year? Yeah, difficult in that it's a new beast as well because uh, we now own the league with all the other clubs. It's no longer owned by Football Australia. It's now owned by the clubs. And there's new deals, uh, broadcast deals, certainly in Australia. So they're rebuilding the league over here. We're somewhat insulated from that because we've always had the ongoing relationship with Sky, which has been very strong. And, you know, we have our, we have all the games broadcast. So, it, it, But it's very much... We have our own challenges in that we have to rebuild the club because we've been away for so long. So the budget was difficult to do. We had committed that we wanted to spend more on the team this year. Um, and... Um, uh, the board has, has has come through with that, so it's a it's an expensive team this year. Um, but I think Ufi's done a terrific job in his recruitment again. I mean, he just gets it. He can just pick them those 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 foreign players, those five foreign players. And I think we've got some real stars there, and that all you know that all bodes well for potentially a very strong uh, season. And of course, the fans coming back to support the team because no, <laughs> in New Zealand they love a, they love a winning team, and they will get out and support a winning team. There's no doubt about it. It's great to hear about your squad, but uh, um, also the fans. I mean, you've got an opportunity to extend that fan base by the um, the introduction of the women's team, obviously last year, um, and then again this year. You probably got a better feel for it. But is that that quite a 
give the, the um, Phoenix a nice all-round feeling at the moment, trying to mix the men and women's teams? As I've always said we're not a proper football club until you have your women's, the women's side of the business running mm. as well. You know, mm. it was a five-year struggle to get it across the line and, you know, the Women's World Cup, FIFA Women's World Cup really helped get, you know, get the Australians to go, you know what, you know, Wellington Phoenix deserve to be there. Um, you know, the business case was very strong um, and once we took over the league, it sort of took away the, uh, the Australian objections to it. So we got it across the line and now we've got to build on it. The first year I thought was very good, you know, very, you know, it took a long time for um, to everyone to, co- to commit to it. And once we did, we were away. We had four, maybe six weeks to pull the team together. Very short pre-season, and then Gemma had them humming. Um, and, you know, some good wins. I, that was not a bottom-of-the-table team. Uh, we were very close to, to a few more wins, which would have shot us at the table. So this year, with a few really good recruits that Nat's done, uh, and, you know, Betsy Hassett and Paige Satchel and uh, little Mickey Robertson, who's come out of Wellington, the first ever Wellington player to sign for the Phoenix women, um, I think that's going to be a very competitive team, and I think some people will be quite surprised by how well they go. Now, these touch points with the, with the football club and the community, uh, you're branching out. Um, I'd like to dig a little bit deeper in, in one thing that's available on your own website. People can go read it for, them, for themselves. But, but just articulate to us that the thinking behind the Football for All program as, as you really try to, to build a broader church, I guess. Yeah, community is hugely important, especially to Lloyd Morrison, who kicked the whole thing off before he, he passed away, before the Phoenix really started, to be honest. He wanted to have a very strong um, community connection, and his, one of his trusts largely funds that. So it's sort of like a JV with Capital Football. And what we do, we've, it's been going about three or four years, and we've grown it. Over, we started with about 50 kids. It's now got 200. And, and essentially what we do is we pay for people, for, for young kids, from recent refugee and um, low socioeconomic communities to play football. And it's more than just paying for their club subs or paying for their strip and their kits and, and providing them boots from New Balance. We do all of that. But we found in the first yeah. couple of years, it wasn't just the cost of it. It was actually the time for the parents to take them for training. So we employ local community coordinators, which are either from the club or from the communities. And they pick these kids up, take them to training, take them home again. Because often the parents are working awesome. you know, full-time jobs, you know, two of them working all the time. So we pick them up, take them to training, take them home, pick them up, take them to the, to the games and take them home, take them to the functions, make sure it's a very bad, it's all about inclusion so they're getting in, you know, indoctrinated into the, into the communities that they work in and that they live in. Uh, very, very successful. Last couple of years we've expanded it. So initially it was just 11-a-side football, but it's now in futsal. It's now in um, coaching and refereeing courses. So we pay for kids to do that. We now pay for kids to do their, um, go to school camps, uh, score away trips with their football teams. Wherever there's a football connection and it's a kid that wouldn't otherwise be able to play football or some derivative of, we'll look at it and, and, we'll, and we'll look to see how we can fund it. And again, it's just about driving that, you know, the, um, the inclusion of these people into the local community. Because you remember a lot of them come from straight off uh, the boat from their, their countries or, the, or their plane. They have literally very nothing. They come with nothing. But what we all have as a football community is football. And these kids, whether they come from Asia, whether they come from Africa, um, South America, wherever they come from, they all love football. And it's a way that we can help build them into the, or, or bring them into the Wellington community. David, it's so refreshing to hear that because I think a, a lot of um, our mainstream sports in New Zealand here, they take the eye off the community game and the community. And I remember the Hurricanes, when they, they uh, lost contact with the community, came back and concentrated on that. 
they had a successful season. So not only for the players to realize that, you know, football or cricket or rugby is not the most important thing in the world, but it's actually the fans. Um, does, is there also a benefit and a spin-off to that? Because am I right in saying that if someone comes through the Phoenix ranks and then goes on to play for a Premier League team, FIFA then will give you a percentage of their earnings back into to the Phoenix because they were a homegrown player? Uh, it's not FIFA. It's it's called there's two there's two streams. There's a training compensation and then there's a solidarity. And the solidarity is paid for uh, is paid by the buying club to all of the clubs that that player played for junior. Uh, I think from age 13, 14 on upwards. And it, and the, and the, the the transfer fee then flows down to some of those lower clubs. Um, yeah. There was some money that that Wellington Phoenix paid to. Uh, Wellington United for Joe Bell when he made his last last transfer, right. uh, so it flowed down to Wellington United. And if they come through that club system and they get sold on, that there is a a, a proportion of that money goes back to the their producing clubs or their developing clubs. And then there's um, uh, training compensation, which is similar to that, but that's that's due to the professional clubs. Um, and then there's a trans, the, the transfer fee as well. So yes, there is there is certainly bits of that, but it's it's you know we. It, it's it's complex, and we have our, like uh, yeah, it's very operation manager looked after all that. Yeah, and it's and often these things are all negotiated with between the clubs. But it's um no, it's it's good, and it's it was a move introduced by FIFA to stop it seems the English Premier League mm. clubs going into Africa and hoovering up all these players, and of course all the developing clubs never got anything for it. Ufuk Tele is getting a lot of raps, and understandably so. Um, he's off contract in the season. How much urgency to keep him long term, or is he too big for the A League? Uh, you know, how, how are you reading that one, David? I think he's hugely talented. Hugely talented club. We we see our our coaches in the same way we see the players. They come through us. They they you know we develop. We get a win win situation. They do a great job with us, like Gemma did with um, the women's team last year, and then has gone off mm-hmm. to Wales to do a pro license, which is an amazing opportunity. A UEFA pro license is the best pro license in the world. And the fact oh, she can't turn that job out. No. no, no, no chance. And Ufi's the same. No, so we, we've, we've obviously we've been talking at Ufi for, for a few years what his next step is. We've got some ideas that we'd like to explore with him, and he knows what those are. It requires a few things to come together. Whether those things do or not, don't know. But um, again, if Ufi goes on to a bigger club, you know that's that's a good thing. It's a good thing for us, and that we can show that co- coaches come to us and they go if a better opportunity comes along then they can step up and go into, whether it's Asia or Europe or somewhere like that. But I think he's, there's no doubt he's a, he's a quality coach and he's done a lot of very, very positive things here at Wellington Phoenix. And if he goes, he will go with our blessing um, okay. and we will move on and, and we will have um, other coaches who can step up. I've got no doubt about that. Last uh, couple of minutes uh, from me here, David. Um, big turnover, like any football club, um, as far as uh, playing uh, uh, personnel is concerned. You've brought in some um, very, very uh, you know, experienced A-League players with uh, you know pedigree, with, with title-winning credentials. Costa Barbarousas returning again, Stephen Ugarkovic coming from Western Sydney. Uh, what, what about the three overseas imports? Um, firstly, you could help us all. How do we pronounce their names and what qualities do they bring? <laughs> So you've got the two number 10s, which is Jan Saf. Now, he's the Brazilian. Um, very good on the ball. Typical Brazilian. Very good on the ball. Technically good. He's been banging in goals in the preseason. He, he, he's going to be one of those sort of really exciting players. Then you've got Bojador Kreif, who is a, the Bulgarian. Again, he's a big, tall fella. 
Uh, again, good on the ball, very technically very good, and he's and he's very strong as well. Uh, and then you've got the the latest one, which is our number nine, uh, Oscar Zawada, who's the Polish number nine. Bozidar, by the way, has played about 30 games for Bulgaria. You don't play 30 games for Bulgaria with it, you know, being a slouch. And then you've got Oscar Zawada up front, who is a big tall, again, tall number nine. Ufi wanted a big tall number nine. They've proven to be very, you know, useful in the A-League. If you look at number nines in the A-League, the ones that have been, tend to have been successful are the big tall ones, or who can be targets, you know, you can get on the end of the cross. So those three players, very, very, you know, looking very exciting. You know, Scotty Wooden at the back gives us that bit of depth as well. He, and obviously he's been here for a few years now. So, no, it's really exciting in, that, in what he's pulled together. And you mentioned, I think, Steve Ugarkovic is, is sort of will be a, a quiet achiever and will surprise some people. I mean, very well respected in the A-League. When uh, yes, he Uki said to me, look, we're trying to sign Steve Ugarkovic, I said, mate, how are you going to get Stephen Agarkovich? He could, go, he could go to any club in the A-League, but he managed to do it. He sold them, He sold him the dream, and Stevie's going to be here. And I think, <laughs> if, you know, in terms of a holding midfield player, he's, he's quality, probably one of the best ones I've ever had. Um, so, yeah, I think we're in a really, really good place. Um, can't wait for this game tomorrow against Adelaide to see how these guys click together as a unit. Um, I've only seen them, you know, a little bit in passing, but you know, Oscar's only been here, what, three, four weeks, something like that, and he's, you know, starting to find his feet. So... No, exciting. And like you say, Yad and you know, our Ben Wayne and, and Costa Barbarousa are exciting players and Ben Old who's our, who's our New Zealand number ten and you know, the the boys out wide, you know, Kalinelli going forward. I mean these are it's an exciting team that actually does promise quite a lot. Well, David, do appreciate your time. You got anything else, Mr. Elliot? Oh, I'm just looking forward to the season. I'm really looking forward to watching the Phoenix at home. Um, I'm a big Phoenix fan. Uh, David knows I've been. I've actually been very fortunate. I had a good relationship with um, uh, Andrew Durante, so I got into the change room a few times. And um, I love the culture that they have. I love the passion that they have playing for the Phoenix. And you're doing a great job, David. I love the fact that you're going out to the community and spreading the game because more kids we have playing sport and any sport that is, I think uh, the better we're going to do as a society. Yeah, and I just hope the yellow feet are in good shape. I don't want to see their shirts off. And, you know, it's very cold in October. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I give that zero chance. I don't think the yellow feet are ever going to change. And God bless them, I hope they don't change. I, they're, they're the guys that make the difference. And that, 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 uh, that you know, he shirts off with 10 minutes to go when we're leaving. That's a, there's not too many traditions in the A-League that are better than that, to be fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot a of those, some of the clubs do the positive and all that kind of stuff. And at least that, that's uniquely us. That ten, that shirt's off for ten minutes to go. So, yeah, do you, I, I love do it. Do you get I your shirt off in the, in the long room? I've never done it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Tie off. Security in there. Shirt off. Yeah. Be sec- yeah. <laughs> no. No. Not likely. Not in this lifetime. I've passed over. Never I'm not as fit as you anymore. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, we, do, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining us. We look forward to, to following the progress of the team, bringing you commentary here on SNZ2. Um, good luck for the season. Go well. Thanks, David. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Our coverage tomorrow afternoon starts at 2.30. Our, uh, well, the game kicks off at 3. Uh, we will have uh, all Wellington Phoenix home games right here on SNZ. Hope you enjoy our coverage.